Welcome to Election Profit Makers. Happy New Year, one and all. Beloved listeners, your New Year's resolution has already come true. We saw your list. Number one on your list of resolutions was keep listening to the best podcast ever made. Well, you can put a big old fat fucking check mark on that number one resolution because you're doing it, son. Election Profit Makers is back for 2022, and yes, I am still Kid Midas, the original wave rider. Out here in Los Angeles, Hollywood, right on the edge of Beverly Hills, I walked by two Lamborghinis today and didn't even blink because I'm manifesting such cars in my immediate future to own and drive. I'm joined from North Carolina. Oh, God. God, I got distracted thinking about those incredible lime green Lamborghinis I saw. Pick it back up. Here we go. Yeah. Conroe, North Carolina. That's where I am right now. Right on the edge of Chapel Hill. I passed by two Subaru Outbacks today, which is probably in my future. And your name is what? Hey, Long John Silver here. And what are we up to today, John? I don't know. You know, it's a new year. It's Monday, uh, Monday, January 3rd, and I think they're calling this year 2022. Folks, they went and made another year. You'd think they would have learned their lesson by now, but no, they decided to make another year. Yeah, but I'm still writing 2021 on my checks. Oh! It's the new year, 2022, and we're all very excited about it. We're happy to have you listening to our podcast once again. We have a lot of stuff to talk about. And one thing that we thought, as of course we sat down to consider the significance of this new year, this is a year, of course, that will be momentous in the future of American politics. We have the midterm elections. Mm -hmm. But in addition to that, we're going to have a lot of stuff about the January 6th commission, because of course this week is the one-year anniversary of... Uh, the shenanigans at the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021. <laughs> shenanigans, yeah. Right? I mean, that's, they were shenanigans. How, yeah, they were shenanigans. God. And um, there's obviously going to be more uh, perpetual uh, football yanking and can down the road kicking about Build Back Better and the, and the, and the desperate fate of Biden's domestic agenda. So mm-hmm. we thought, with so many amazing and wonderful opportunities and events on the horizon, Maybe we should return to the trope of bingo cards. Remember in 2021 when we delighted in saying, I didn't have this or that event on my 2021 bingo card. The fact of the matter is, beloved listeners, we weren't really telling the truth or we were being disingenuous because we didn't have anything on our 2021 bingo cards because we neglected to actually make 2021 bingo cards. But this year... We will be authoring original bingo cards so that we can keep track of events that might pop up in the near or distant future. The 2022 bingo card construction begins now. You don't have to call us the election profit makers anymore. You can call us the bingo brothers or the bingo buddies. Bingo boys, yeah. Or the bingo boys. I'm looking up bingo cards right now. Bingo cards, for anyone who knows or who doesn't know, are five by five. It's a five by five grid. And the middle square, of course, is the free square. We encourage all of you to make bingo cards at home to keep track of the events of 2022. And let's remember, the key to a classic bingo card joke 
is that it's an unexpected kind of complicated event that no rational human ever would have had on their bingo mm. card. And that's why it's so hilarious when you publicly announce that you did, in fact, not have it on your bingo card. The difference here is that we are going to try to put precisely these types of events on our 2022 bingo card. All right. So these are just bad predictions or they're not predictions at all. There's just things we're putting on the bingo card for the sake of saying that they were on our bingo card if they happen. Exactly. Because what you want to happen is, so I was thinking maybe Matt Gates, maybe he gets indicted and in response, he flees to Cuba. Right. Right. And he goes to Cuba wearing a blonde shoulder length wig. Let's right. just just say that actually happens. Okay. How You're gonna... how how amazing would it be? <laughs> would how be amazing would it be for someone on Twitter <laughs> to tweet out, "I didn't have Matt Gates fleeing to Cuba wearing a shoulder length blonde wig on my 2022 bingo card," and then for me to honestly be able to pop into their feed and reply, "Actually, I literally did have Matt Gates flee to Cuba in a shoulder-like blonde wig on my 2022 bingo card. Yeah, that's perfect. Okay, so the goal is maybe to have one of these things come true, or is the goal, like, we're not, are we competing to Yes, to man, we're playing bingo. This is a uh, year-long bingo game. Man, but this there's only 24 squares. Only 24? I think that's a lot of squares. You have to come up with, Events that sound like extremely specific, low-probability events that you actually think could happen. Could it be about, like, weather? Could it be, um... Oh, boy. Like, I did not have the White House being hit by a tornado on my 2022 bingo card. I think that's fine. I was worried that you are going to be like, you are going to go into your, you know, nerd matrix and be like, I didn't have the average precipitation of of Salt Lake City being between the range of 0.2 and 0.4 inches with whenever the humidity hits sub 50% on my 2022 bingo card. Just make sure. Okay. I All would right. beg that you make sure that there's a visualization or there's a All little right. tiny narrative to these events. All right. Okay, man. Th then I'm, yeah. It's hard. I'm telling you, it's, we're going to be working on this for months. This is not a one-episode little goof. This will define the, the 2022 season of election profit makers. These damn bingo cards, they're okay. going to delight us. They're going to destroy us. Do you have any? G give me some of yours. Just Matt Gates fleeing to Cuba. That's the only one I've come That's up with so far. That's the one you have right now? Okay. All right. Nothing specific to you? Oh, am I allowed? Shall we turn them yeah. on? I did not see David Reese winning an Oscar. Oh, well, it, it has to be stuff that's low probability. And I can actually see a way in which I win an Oscar. Okay. You know, they're making all these new Spider-Man and Batman movies this year. And they, I might get a last minute call like, hey, you live in Hollywood. You're right around the corner. Can you just step in and be the Green Goblin? The guy dropped out. And I can say, I'm the Green Goblin. He flies around on a, um, he has like a jet ski Surfboard. and he throws yeah. uh, exploding pumpkins at people. I'm the Green Goblin. Happy Halloween, you idiots! Or whatever he says. Yeah. I'll fight you, Batman. I could see me winning an Oscar because okay. they like to they like these superhero movies now. They try to legitimize them by being very aggressive about getting them awards. It's not enough that they're the only big movies that are made anymore. Now they also have to be okay. prestige movies. So I yeah, I could see I could see me getting an Oscar. So it should be something that's low probability. Like what about I didn't see me getting COVID on my birthday 
in 2022. Something that's like that. good. It's so personal. Yeah, that I think that would I think that passes. You know, it's really like these bingo card squares. It's really like pornography. Like you know it when you see it. You know. Okay. All right. I, it's hard to imagine it ahead of time until it's right in front of you, and then you're like, oh, that's it. That's the stuff. Yeah. Okay. All right. So so let's try it out. I didn't have getting COVID on my birthday on my 2022 bingo card. Yeah, I think that works. Yeah, that, that works. That works, yeah. That Are you going to put that on your bingo card? Yeah, but then I could go out and, and try to get COVID. I think you should be allowed to put some personal things in that maybe you could technically have an effect on, but not many. Yeah, not many. Don't— Not yeah. many. Yeah. What are we playing for? What are the stakes? Because this will actually be a real live game of bingo. I think we have right. to actually play for stakes. Okay. The two of us can play, and then any listener who completes a big bingo card and sends it in, subject to our approval, I think they are also then a live participant in this year-long game of 2022 bingo. Should we play for $222 in honor of 2022? Or $20.22? 20 One or the other. It'll okay. make sense. There'll be a certain logic to whatever the prize is. Okay. And again, like we're that. not trying to get this done all in our first episode or even next week. Or It's going to take a while to really come up with these bingo squares. The bingo bros. From bingo brothers to bad boys, here we go. Everybody get ready. Yeah, yeah. Everybody have fun. Party, party. It's bad boys of the week. Let's get it poppin'. Bad boys are number one. All right, bad boys of the week. I noticed a certain young fellow who's running for Senate in the state of Ohio, Josh Mandel, had a particularly uh, awesome tweet the other day. May I read it to you? I'll listen with delight. I mean, it's almost like a poem. He says, states that submit to the authority of Almighty God and then he has two lines, which is sort of like a verses, I think. So I'm going to say it that way. States that submit to the authority of Almighty God. States that don't. States that are pro-family. States that aren't. States that invest in hashtag Bitcoin infrastructure. And states that won't. Ohio must be a pro-God, pro-family, <laughs> pro-Bitcoin state. I promise we will be. <laughs> I don't know um, if that's bad boy, but it's pretty <laughs> badass if you ask me. Here's how I would read the same text. You know, I love to memorize poetry. All right. States that submit to the authority of Almighty God. But that's States. not how Josh Mandel sounds. I know, but that's how I'm trying to, I'm, I'm making the words my own, you know? Okay. States right. that submit to the authority of Almighty God. States that don't. States that are pro-family. States that aren't. States that invest in hashtag Bitcoin infrastructure. States that won't. Ohio must be a pro-God, pro-family, pro-Bitcoin state. I promise we will be. Sorry, that sounded like a deathbed announcement. And I, you're yeah. right. It should be more, uh, yeah. I promise we will be. Why does it have to be specific to Bitcoin? It's not 
shouldn't they just say like crypto? I was thinking about Bitcoin and its relationship to bad boys because uh, because obviously Bitcoin and, and cryptocurrency are they have a certain bad boy panache, right? If you reach right. in, if you're at the pet food store and you're buying cat food, oh. right? <laughs> and you and you reach into your wallet and you pull out some wadded up bills and you smooth them on the counter like, I hope this is enough paper money to pay for this cat food. And then meanwhile, right. Josh Mandel walks up and pulls out his cyber wallet and is like, yeah, I'll pay for, uh, I'm going to use my Bitcoin. Or I don't I don't know how you pay for things with Bitcoin, but he brings his uh, computer on, puts it down on the counter. It's like, I'm going to transfer some blockchain over to you for this cat food. Obviously, he's much cooler than you. Bitcoin right. is cooler than regular money now. I saw a tweet over the weekend that had some statistics about how energy intensive it is to quote unquote mine for Bitcoin. Apparently what they do is they get a bunch of servers to go on the fucking internet and discover new numbers that haven't been invented. I don't know what, I don't understand what the fuck, how that works, but. I don't, I always imagine it is like when you, you know, in the old days when you would like defrag your computer. Is that a video game thing? No, just forget it. I think, yeah, so what they do is they have to go out and they mine, they have to use a hundred servers yeah. to go find some fucking fake coal or money or whatever, right? And I read that the amount of energy that it's taking to currently mine Bitcoin actually cancels out any energy savings that we're getting from using electric vehicles. It's kind of, it's kind of ironic because on the one hand, electric vehicles, who is their avatar? The ultimate bad boy, Elon Musk. Yeah. Everyone says he's going to save the planet and get us all to Mars and electric vehicles and hooray, hooray, hooray. And I have not be I have no beef with electric vehicles. I think, or should I say, I have no beyond burgers with electric vehicles. <laughs> Pay attention, you'll have a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> on the one hand of the carbon footprint scale, we have our electric vehicles. Mm -hmm. Hooray. But on the other hand, opposite of Elon Musk's uh, what benefit he's offering us through his electric vehicles. Then we have the destructive elements of Bitcoin. It's very interesting. It's bad boy versus bad boy. And the fate of humanity hangs in the balance. And that's a wonderful place to be. Makes me very excited and happy about the future, about this year and all future years. Yeah, but it is about balance. So they balance one another out. It's the yin and the yang. And uh, Ooh, I like that. I did not have us investing in Bitcoin on my 2022 bingo card. That's a great one. You could put that on your bingo card. If you okay. and I actually found ourselves investing in Bitcoin, that would be such a classic bingo. That's a bingo banger, John. You should put that yeah. on your bingo card. All right. Uh, but I do think because Bitcoin, I think Bitcoin is, is entirely a bad boy currency now because I do think that part of the appeal on some level, I would imagine at this point, is how environmentally destructive it is to mine for Bitcoin. It's like the rolling coal of money at this yeah. point, right? <laughs> nice. It's yeah, like Bitcoin put. is like, yeah, it's a currency that is based on just burning down rainforests. And um, the more rainforests you burn down, the wealthier. Mm -hmm. The contradictions of modern capitalism are, are coming to come into brilliant focus when you think about um, Bitcoin and, and cryptocurrencies. So I think that Josh Mandel, although this, I agree, this tweet is very badass and tough. I also think it qualifies as bad boy because of the association with Bitcoin and all that Bitcoin currently represents. These guys realize that when the coal is out of the ground and they can't destroy the earth anymore by mining for coal, there has to be another environmentally destructive, masculine, extractive industry that will make some people rich and will also trigger the libs and 
God in his infinite wisdom has, has given us such a, a product, and that product is cryptocurrency, more specifically Bitcoin. Right. So I want to tell you something, John. I know that you love Josh Mandel, and you've told us time and time again how he's going to beat J.D. Vance in the Republican primary for the Ohio Senate race this year. But yes. I have to tell you that in spite of his Bitcoin tweet, in spite of his new poem, J.D. Vance is ahead of Josh Mandel on Predict It. My man JD is at 40 cents, up one. Josh Mendel lags behind at 36 cents. So I don't know, man. Does you think this means we're going to have more poetry from Josh Mendel as he tries to outflank JD Vance on the bad boy continuum? Yeah, I hope so. Because you were convinced that JD, I mean, I know JD Vance. You can pull ahead, JD. You got this, JD. Yeah, Josh Mandel is toast. J.D. Vance is going to win the primary. I'm buying no, in he's more. Not I, yeah, he, it, it's, yeah. It I'm, will, bu- I'm buying 100 shares. Yes, I'm all in on J.D. Let's go, J.D. Right. Let's go. Josh Mandel, you're a hell of a poet. I could see you chairing the poetry department at the Iowa Writers' Workshop. You know, I could see you being published in Plowshares, McSweeney's, the Kenyon Review, all those places, Josh Mandel. But one thing you will not be is the winner of the 2022 Ohio Republican Senate primary. That is going to my man, J.D. Vance, the hillbilly hellhound. Everybody have fun. Party, party. So that's our first nominee for Bad Boy of the Week, Josh Mandel. Who else do you have, John? Uh, Next on the list, we have Marjorie Taylor Greene, Georgia representative, uh, famous for... She actually has a uh, daughter who's uh, on the softball team at UNC. That's right. I heard that. Yeah. Yeah, she's pretty good, actually. Um, but she's famous for other things, too. And this week, she is famous for getting booted off Twitter. They have permanently suspended her, which I guess means she's banned for life. Yeah, for... you know what? You know What? <laughs> Nothing. I was just about to say literally the funniest thing anyone has ever said. Okay, yeah, say it. You know, John... Um... They're saying that Marjorie Taylor Greene has uh, received a lifetime ban on Twitter. I guess for COVID disinformation. Is that what it was yes. for? Right? Uh-huh. She had, it was like five, it was like strike number five. They get so many strikes. Anyway. Yeah. I guess when it comes to Twitter, it's not easy being green. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. Was that good? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck me. It wasn't funny enough. No, it was funny. Let me try it. I'll do it as the Green Goblin. I'll do it as the Green Goblin. Oh, Spider-Man. I don't know if you heard. I'll throw a pumpkin. <sighs> Whole building blows up. Marjorie Taylor Green was banned from Twitter the other day. <laughs> I love being green. I'm the Green Goblin, of course. But I guess when it comes to being on Twitter, it's not easy being green. Marjorie Taylor Green, that is. <laughs> and then I fly away on my little rocket. My little... Mm-hmm. um. I think Green Goblin flies on metal wings that have a jetpack on them. That has been a while since I've seen the Green Goblin. Anyway, sorry for interrupting. Ah, that's a, that's all right. So, so she, uh, yeah, getting yourself banned from Twitter is 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 bad boy behavior. We have you know? to agree. Yeah, let's get it popping. Uh, next up, Jeff Bezos. Yeah, he posted a New Year's Eve selfie with his girlfriend, and he looks like, uh, I don't know, straight out of Hollywood. He looks like Pitbull, actually. Yeah, he kind of does look like Pitbull. Yeah. I'm looking at the photo now. It really does look like, um, 
You ever go to Palm Springs, John, and you're lounging by the hotel pool and a couple is kind of hanging out and grinding on each other in the corner and then they look it over yeah. at you and they're like, hey, do you like to have fun? That's kind of what this photo is like. Wait a minute, didn't that happen to you in real life? I've, 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 I've been in many interesting situations over the course of my life, but let's focus on Jeff Bezos. Okay, all right. Now, the photo, Jeff Bezos spends a lot of time at the gym. We know this, right? He looks right? pretty good. I he's, mean, he's swole. He's swole. We have to yeah. we have to say he's swole. And his girlfriend, I don't know who his girlfriend is. She kind of mm. looks like Angelina Jolie a little bit. It's quite busty mm. actually. At least in this photo she is. Um I kind of don't think this qualifies as bad boy because this dude everybody knows Jeff Bezos is fundamentally I think a dork. I think he wants to be cool. I think he really, really wants to be cool. And he goes to the gym and he's dating this babe. But he, there's something about, like, like, okay, so look at the caption. Okay. The caption to this photo that he wrote was, we had so much fun last night celebrating with a crazy disco party with family. That, but the new yeah. year... <laughs> I mean, there's no way you, there's no way an actual bad boy would ever actually say okay. this. Hey, okay. man, we had so much fun last night celebrating with a crazy disco party with family. And then he says, but the new year is also a great time to take stock and focus on personal growth, renewal, rebirth, and paying careful attention to each moment of your life, the good and the bad, all of it. Celebrate and grow. This is fucking dork. One, two, three. It's kind of sweet. He's not a bad boy. All right. He is just as much a sociopath as Marjorie Taylor Greene. I truly believe that. But but he's but he's too much of a dork to be an actual bad boy. He can't pull it off. Can you imagine Elon Musk, an actual bad boy, tweeting something like that? I mean, it's so dorky. You even get pantsed immediately. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. Jeff Bezos is a threat to everything I hold dear. But he's not a bad boy. Breaks my heart to say that. I would love for him to be a bad boy. But Jeff, you're a tryhard, bro. You're a tryhard. I know you want me. You know I want you. Strike him from the list. He's not a nominee okay. this week. Strucken. All right. And next up. Next up, Dr. Robert Malone, guest of bad boy Joe Rogan on Joe Rogan's podcast, talking about something called mass formation psychosis, which I'm sure you'll be hearing a lot about if you spend any time around Joe Rogan type guys. Anyway, he's just a, <clears throat> he's one of these, you know, uh, anti-pharma COVID skeptic weirdo doctor, uh, problematic, problematic relationship to the truth type of guys. He's kind of boring. That whole thing is just kind of boring to me. I think he is a bad boy. And Joe Rogan, of course, automatically bad boy hall of fame for all time. Mm -hmm. I mean, he just is like the avatar of all bad boys. Yeah. We have to put him down on the list because they made waves this week. Dr. Robert Malone. But this guy said this guy says he invented mRNA. This yeah, this guy says he invented mRNA vaccines. Like it was him. Mm. Mm, okay, buddy. Let's keep going. Let's keep it moving. Bad boys are number one. Next up on the list, the Cobb County, Georgia GOP. You want to nominate the entire the entire yes. county GOP? Yes, as yes, as, because okay. they are having a vigil. For January, for at what they describe as "quote unquote" J six, that's January six J six prisoners. Now these prisoners, 
are basically the 50 or so detainees that have been deemed by judges to be too dangerous for pre-trial release. J6 is January 6th, as in the January 6th riot? Insurrection and shenanigans. And uh, most of these are charged with assaulting police, um, you know, in some cases while wielding weapons. So the uh, Cobb County GOP is going to have a candlelight vigil in support of these people. All right. I guess that's bad boy. I guess it depends on the attitude with which they're holding the vigil. Are they doing it with the kind of obnoxious winking knowingness? Uh, let's see. Celebrate freedom. Cobb County Republican Party. Quote, the patriots are awake, willing and eager to protect their American freedoms and liberties. Um, the itinerary, uh, has a live stream of President Trump's press conference from Mar-a-Lago. Then, uh, January 6th impact on America and Americans. That sounds interesting. Um, Who's hosting that? The Brookings Institute? Mm, uh, the it's the founder of Woman for America First. Not women, but woman. That's got to be America a typo. First. Don't you think that's it, a typo? It's got to be. But that is what it, it has on their official itinerary. I am woman. Hear me roar. America yes. first more than before. Kissing and cuddling. Nevermore. Quote the raven nevermore. That would be good. That'd yeah. be a good then poem. From six to seven, they have the candlelight vigil for the J6 Patriots. Why do you keep saying visual? Vi- what am I saying? Vigil? You're saying visual, like visual. visual, but with a J. I don't know, because I've been up all night with a migraine. Oh, lordy. All right. So, all right. Yeah. Okay, the candlelight vigil. Visual. Visual. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. Don't get too up in your head. You'll never be able to say it correctly again. Yeah, from six to seven, they're having a candlelight vigil for J6 Patriots being held in the D.C. prison. Yeah. And that's being uh, put on by the Cobb GOP prayer group. Prayer, I think, is supposed to be sincere. That's what I remember from my upbringing, right? You're not supposed to pray sarcastically or ironically. You're supposed to really believe what you're (laughs) praying, right? Yeah, yeah. That is the opposite of the bad boy attitude. But I guess you could still be a bad boy winking... And smirking, but then also when you turn and get on your knees and ask God for help in, say, freeing these uh, J6 prisoners or whatever. Yeah, okay, yeah. I guess you can seesaw between ironic winking and sincerity. It must be mentally exhausting, but I guess a true bad boy could pull it off. All right. So far, our nominees are Josh Mandel, the bard of Bitcoin, Marjorie Taylor Greene, booted off Twitter, Dr. Robert Malone and Joe Rogan, the Cobb County GOP in its entirety. But John, there's one more nominee. Yeah? Who? This is someone who wreaks a path of destruction and encourages bad behavior and laughs all the way to the bank of the river. John, this nominee is you. You care to explain the context for why you wound up on the list of nominees for Bad Boy of the Week? I did not have me. Oh! Being on the list of nominees for Bad Boy of the Week in on my 2022 bingo card. Perfect. Oh, that's perfect. That's a perfect example of a square. Okay, it says here, John Kimball, a.k.a. the Grave Robber. Yeah, John. 
You're yeah. basically the British Museum of Carborough, North Carolina. Great. Why don't we get into this? I'm this Indiana was going to this was going to be in the listener question section, but why don't we address this now? As long as we're in Bad Boy of the Week, okay? <clears throat> yeah, got some um, a pushback on my talk the last several weeks about um, out searching creek beds looking for arrowheads. Um, yeah, some some people took exception to that. Someone wrote on Discord and said that they enjoyed the episode, except for the part where John talked about collecting arrowheads. Projectile points are artifacts that represent the too often ignored history of native habitation of the land, and it's at best gauche and at worst illegal to collect them. And the reason you might find a whole bunch in one place is because that's an archaeological site that you are actively destroying by removing artifacts from it. I bet that's because you were like, ooh, and then you find your honey hole and you keep going back and it keeps giving you more and more things. Your honey right. hole. Right. I do. I think that's what people that do do collect arrowheads do. You know, they find like a field or something and they just keep going back and back and back to get to get these arrowheads. Um uh, then they go on to write, uh, the issue with creating a public-facing database of fish weirs is not that someone's going to steal them, but rather that there's a high potential for damage to archaeological sites around said weirs, the natural environment surrounding them, and the weirs themselves. Parentheses, people love walking on structures and water. Um, so publicizing that information uh, would add to increased attention that is referring to my fish weirs project mm -hmm. and i think i said i think i said last week that i i wanted people to to know so they could celebrate where these fish weirs are and i think this is an excellent point um i think my my fish weirs uh survey uh inventory needs to remain private and with me and i can still um tweet at that account about fish weirs that I may have discovered without uh, necessarily giving the location of it. Because, um, yeah, many of these fish weirs are around where certain uh, archaeological sites may be. And what's your fish weirs Twitter account? Uh, at fish weirs. Got it. Yeah. So they, they wrote, uh, to, you know, maybe to, to consult with the State Historical Preservation Office. Um, yeah, that totally makes sense. As far as the um, destroying archaeological sites um, I or in collecting arrowheads, I have only collected two arrowheads in my entire life. So what? I wouldn't say that I'm an arrowhead collector. I'm always looking at the ground and looking for them. But um, the the my collection consists of one little tiny arrowhead and one broken base of an arrowhead that I found on a playground at my daughter's old elementary school about seven years ago when I was just randomly picking her up from school. And I will admit that every time I did pick her up after that, I would look around on the ground at the playground and see if I would see something else. I never did see anything. So that was my honey hole, if you will. Um, but it's important to point out that you should not pick up arrowheads and that it is illegal to pick up arrowheads on uh, federal land, state parks, things like that. I'm not sure what the rule is for Durham Public Schools, but if it is illegal to have picked it up 
on Durham Public Schools, I will admit that I did pick up that arrowhead. It's illegal to pick up an arrowhead on public land? Yes. I think I had a Sunday school teacher in my youth who had gone to the Parthenon and admitted to all of us little kids that he had brought back a rock from the Parthenon. And he knew that wasn't a right, he he said, I know this isn't, can this really be true that a Sunday school teacher did this? He said, I know, he said something like, I know that you're not supposed to take stuff from historical sites like the Parthenon, but I just wanted to bring back one rock. But if everybody does that, then yeah, it can destroy a, there's a particular, there's a place in North Carolina, Morrow Mountain, which is, was known as like an ancient quarry for indigenous people. And there's just debris everywhere from, uh, you know, tool making. They're, They're not like arrowheads or anything, but it's clearly stuff and, 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 um, yeah, there's signs everywhere. Don't pick any of this stuff up because it's it's there for people to enjoy. I don't know how much study of that stuff is occurring anymore, but um, if you're searching for arrowheads, you probably should do it on your own property. And, all, and the only time I've ever done it is just surface hunting. I've never done any digging or anything like that. I think that Sunday school teacher also told us that he'd experimented with psychedelic mushrooms. Who was this Sunday school teacher that I'm remembering? This is a very intriguing person now that I think about this person. He was a very dapper dresser. Huh. I'm going to do some more thinking about this Sunday school teacher, see what else I can remember. He was, a, he was a grave robber and a psychonaut. He might wind up on Bad Boy of the Week. But, John, let's get back to your status as Bad Boy. You've made the defense that you're not quali- that you don't meet the threshold of being a bad boy because you are conscientious about stealing arrowheads and ruining the landscape. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, I don't, I I don't steal arrowheads and ruin the land. My, my, I did pick up an arrowhead, um, off a playground once. All right, fine. I'm taking you off the list, but I still do. I mean, I admit, I look, if there's like a construction site or a clear cut in the, and, you know, there's erosion everywhere. You can go up there and ask them, hey, can I look around here to see if there's anything? But, you know, if you were to find a huge number of artifacts on something like that, I think you should uh, report it to the state. So, I don't know. Maybe people still think it's problematic. I just like to find old things and bottles and 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 marbles and I don't know. You're a good boy, John. It's okay. You're a good boy. All right, so who's the bad boy of the week? Josh Mandel, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Dr. Robert Malone, or the Cobb County GOP? I think I'm going to give it to Mandel. You have to. It's Mandel. It's, I mean, oh man, even since we've been talking, J.D. Vance is up another cent over Mandel on predicted.org. Oh, Mandel. Oh, all right. Maybe this bad boy of the week endorsement will help him regain some of that lost ground against J.D. Vance. Josh Mandel, um, have someone, have one of your staffers contact us we will send you the official election profit makers bad boy of the week certificate. You could post that on Twitter, go viral, and then you might be able to um, pull ahead of JD Vance, at least on predicted. Congratulations to Josh Mandel. Yeah. Oh, can I say one thing about um, the going back to the weirs? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, you know that I was searching around on Google looking to see if I could find weirs and things of that nature. But not all of them you can see from the air. 
And this weekend I went to a particular creek in Orange County and found what looked like a definite V-shaped weir. What? And um, yeah, I took some video of it and, and posted it on the account at Fish Weirs. And I've also reported it to the North Carolina. You think you found a previously undiscovered fish weir? I think so. It's not, I mean, North Carolina has put out maps of various places where they are. And again, I've said they're most are on the Yadkin and the PD River, but there aren't any in this particular area, at least on this map that was published. And you're not saying so, what area it is in order to protect the weir? Oh, it's, a, it's on a creek in Orange County. Okay. A creek in Orange County. That's all I need to know. I will be building yeah. a sports bar on top of that weir. No, no. It's, al- it's already um, a protected site. But oh, it is? I do, but, but I'm interested to see if, if the state will write me back and, and um, say that they already have this in their inventory. We'll Maybe find we'll out. have them on. Maybe we'll have them on and we can talk about the ethics of, of this type wow, of stuff. You are really... We could do a, uh, a, a Patreon episode about it. Okay. John Kimball, the grave the grave robbing fishweir defiler in conversation with the North Carolina State... Division of Cultural Resources. Division of Cultural archaeology. Resources. Yeah. That'd be a good Patreon episode. <laughs> it would be. Would. It'd be interesting. You go crazy. It'd be a four-hour episode. I would like that. Let's do it. All right. Julian wrote in and, and, and asked uh, if... if 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 either of us had watched the show, The Detectorists, yes, and yeah, I loved it. I th- I thought it was um, quirky and fun and moving, particularly moving at the end. It's a British show developed by Gareth from The Office. That actor, Mackenzie yes. or something Mackenzie, I think is his name. And it's about metal detectors in England, metal detectorists in England using their metal detectors. I've never done any metal detecting. I think you enjoyed it. I think you liked detectorists more than I did, but that's fine. Yeah, it was profoundly moving at the end. And, and I mean, it's, it sounds kind of dull, but it it's not dull. Take it from John Kimball. It's not dull. Michael writes in, David, I'm all in on the pedal talk. I have an important pedal talk question as a newbie, what are the three best pedals you've ever owned? What three pedals are on your wish list? And what would you recommend as a good starter pedal? All right. Thank you for your interest in pedal talk. I know this is very divisive. What is a good starter pedal? Well, here's what I would say. We need to ask a high altitude question. Do you want guitar effects pedals to help you achieve a sound or an idea that you already have? Or do you want guitar effects pedals to be experimental devices that help you discover new sounds and ideas? Because the type of pedal I would recommend to like a cool blues guitarist would be different than one I would recommend to a bleep bloop provocateur, right? They're they're very different musical traditions that probably want different pedals or will use pedals in different ways. Although I do think when it comes to a first-time pedal buyer, there are some pedals that are that work regardless of what type of music you want to make. Like I think a good overdrive pedal is the type of pedal that any electric guitarist or keyboardist could find a use for. So I would say if you're just starting out, you could get a good overdrive pedal because you could be playing your guitar and you want to change the tone a little with the overdrive, or you could be doing what I do, which is 
you know, you're playing some broken old children's toy that you've rehoused and modified so it just sounds like C-3PO throwing up and uh, and the overdrive pedal can help with that too. How does it help? It just bends the tone? It can boost the signal. You can sculpt the how much bass or treble is in it. I mean, a lot of these children's toys, when you modify them, they're very chirpy and weak and quiet. And so to give it some muscle, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it really stands out. You have Thicken to boost it. Up. it. Thicken yeah. it up, John. Thick. It's like, um, you know, it's like putting flour and butter in your white sauce to thicken it up. Mm-hmm. So I think an overdrive pedal is a good starter pedal. I think you could also, I think a looper pedal. Anyone, I think, can find a good use for a looper pedal. So I'd also recommend something like the TC Electronic, very, very simple looper pedal. My three favorite pedals, or the three pedals on my wish list, well, the Way Huge Ringworm Ring Mod pedal. I've got my eye on it's out of production. They're really expensive right now, but I'm hoping at some point they drop because I do want that ring mod. I have two ring modulator pedals. They're very abrasive. One of them, the gonculator, I'm thinking about getting rid of because it's not loud enough, but I'm going to hold on to it for now because I kind of do like the sound of the ring mod compared to my Montreal assembly ring mod, which is much more kind of like dry and abrasive. There's a kind of subtle quality to the gonculator ring mod that I kind of like. The other pedal that I is on my wish list is the greatest pedal ever made, the Boss SYB5 bass synth pedal that Corey used to let me borrow when we would rock out in Gowanus. That's a great pedal to run your children's toys through because that bass synth will make them sound nice and funky. And is that one really expensive? No, it's like 150 bucks. I just, I don't want to buy any more pedals right now. I've reached my limit of pedals. Okay. I don't want to buy one until I sell one. You know what I mean? It's like that. And then, you know, over the holidays, I had this real thing that I thought was going to be such an end-of-the-year triumph. I was going to close out the year by by finally finishing all the half-assembled electronic projects that were cluttering up the kitchen table <laughs> that I had abandoned in frustration over the course of 2021, including this optical tremolo pedal made in Chicago by these people called Zeppelin Labs. You can buy the pedal complete or you can buy it as a kit. I bought it as a kit at the beginning of last year, 2021, put it all together, turned it on, barely got any sound, took it apart and just left it on my kitchen table from February until like December 28th. All year, this thing sat on the kitchen table judging me. Why can't you finish anything? Where's your stick Why do you always give up at the slightest obstacle? Where's your backbone? Where's your gumption? Who are you, David? That's what the pedal would scream at me. So I said, all right, this has been a rough year, 2021. I'm going to end strong. I'm going to finish this damn pedal. And uh, I gained. (laughs) I opened it up. It turns out there was a trim pot you could adjust to make the gain, the literal gain on the pedal. You could make the pedal louder, which was one of the issues. The pedal, when I turned on the pedal, it got really quiet. So I said, oh, I'll just adjust this trim pot. Triumph. What a great lesson to learn. All it takes is just honest investigation of the issue. You're not a failure. Nothing is beyond your reach. You just have to knuckle down, take a deep breath, and get the job done. Oh, what a wonderful lesson I could share on this podcast. Well, then the pedal stopped working entirely. And I don't know what happened. I was so happy. The pedal was so loud. The tremolo was working so good. Tap so it worked. Tre- yeah. It actually Oh, okay. But then what happened was I realized that the high-pass filter and the low-pass filter also had trim pots that I had to adjust because the pedal was sounding a little muddy. 
So I opened it up again and adjusted those trim pots and put it all back together. And then the fucking thing wouldn't even turn on. The fucking light doesn't even turn on now. And I was like, well, I guess there's a lesson in that too. Don't try to fix anything. You'll just make it worse. These two lessons come battling back and forth in my mind. It's very interesting to see which one will rule the roost over the course yeah, of 2022. You, you, you learned something. What did you know? I learn? I learned I can't do anything. Anything I try to fix, I destroy. All right. Well, you learn maybe not to push it too far next time. Quit while you're ahead. I emailed the guy at Zeppelin Labs and said, listen, man, I'm sorry. I followed your troubleshooting guide. You know, I adjusted the trim pots. I tested the voltage of all these different resistors, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I said, can I just send you this pedal? I'll literally pay you whatever you want to fix it. I just want this pedal to work. And the guy wrote me back this morning. He was like, mm, <laughs> that's not a service <laughs> I offer. <laughs> Good luck oh. to you, sir. Oh, so man. I am, but I do know there is a, there is a very interesting electronic shop uh, in my neighborhood. And I'm going to take the pedal down there and ask if they'll fix it for me. Cause I just want to know what I did wrong. I just want to know what, I mean, in this and in every other aspect of my life, I just want to know what I did wrong anyway. So I would add that to my wish list. The Zepp- a working Zeppelin labs, Quaverado, um, tremolo pedal. And then my three favorite pedals. I have to think about some more because it depends on what era of pedal usage we're talking about. Michael, your first pedal should be a good overdrive pedal. The end. I loved answering the pedal questions. Any more pedal questions, hit me up. Contact at electionprofitmakers.com. John, we did it. The first episode of 2022. Mm. What do you think? It was all right. We're gonna get we're gonna get our speed back. Our speed back? Wait, what are you talking about? You want to talk faster? No, no, oh. no. How are you feeling about the year overall? Not great, man. So far, the year has not been great. I was up all last night. I had a, a migraine. Ugh. Yeah, it was terrible. And then I started throwing up. Apparently, migraines Jesus. make you throw up if I'm they're sorry. really bad. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not going great. Oh, I've got my pedal and you've got your migraine, but we won't give up. This year is just getting started. And friends, so are we. You can't keep the bingo brothers down. We've got our bingo cards to create. Yep. Oh, boy. Oh, here's something we should announce. This is our last episode with our friends at Radio Point. Radio Point, thank you for encouraging us to bring the podcast back. Lo, those many years ago. Thank you for your support over this last election cycle. But now, John, you and I move forward alone, just the two of us, without any institutional support. We don't have any grants to fall back on. Just the two of us. We're going it alone, buddy. We're setting off into the into the oceans, into the roiling ocean of independent podcasting. All this to say that your Patreon support is more crucial and welcomed than ever before in human history. John, why don't you tell them a little bit about the Patreon? Yeah. If you join the Patreon for a small monthly fee, you will have access to the Election Profit Makers Discord. And also, we have um, monthly special episodes that we release on Patreon, although we didn't do one in December, so we're behind. So we we need to pick it up. We got to pick up the pace. Yeah. Yeah. And we are going to pick up the pace. And if you join a Patreon, you get some uh, nice election profit maker stickers that I'll send you in the mail. I just put a I put a batch in the mail this morning. It gives me great satisfaction to um, stuff envelopes with election profit maker stickers and then put yeah, stamps you get on them. Yeah, discounts to all kinds of things. Yeah. yeah. 
So patreon.com slash election profit makers. Any help is appreciated. As John yes. and I set off into the woods. I don't know if we're setting off into the woods or out over the ocean. Maybe up into space on one of these wonderful rockets, one of these bad boy rockets. The point is the journey is not yet over. We've completed the first leg of this journey. We leave base camp radio point behind. And now we ascend to the top of Mount Pod, Podverest. That's the Mount Everest of podcasting. Mm-hmm. And I guess we'll be back next week. Fuck it. We'll see if we can figure out how to make it on our own by then. I, I think we'll be able to figure it out. I think good things are in store for you, John, in 2022. And I think the same for all our listeners. Yeah, it's going to be a good year. It's going to be a better year. Whoa, here we go. I like that attitude. Say it again. Let's yeah. have a little more Green Goblin yeah. energy. It's going to be It's gonna, It's going. going to be a, a much better year in 2022. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Much better year. 2022. Year Hall of Fame, the most futuristic year yet invented. I can't wait to see what happens. I know. Election Profit Makers is a Radio Point production for the last time with executive producers Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks. With help from our friends Houston Snyder and Kat Iosa, uh, I will be contacting Houston and Kat uh, with many questions over the next seven days, so get ready for that. And uh, support us on Patreon. And send your election prediction questions or pedal questions and also your 2022 bingo cards. Uh, send them to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. And as the midterms approach, we will be more active on predictit.org because there is money to be made. And once that happens, we'll start hyping predictit again. But for now, let's just relax. It's the new year. Let's slip into things slowly. It's not time to take off our bathrobes and slippers just yet. We can afford to relax for a little bit longer, right, John? Yeah, yeah. John, you're John, and I'm David, and that's about all she wrote. So have a wonderful year, and we'll see you next week. Bye.